This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome back to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. Today, I am going to talk to you about the holidays and how to not let ADHD ruin the joy of the holidays for you and your family. Um, I know that it's early to talk about the holidays. I am a firm believer that we don't talk about winter holidays like Christmas and Hanukkah until after we enjoy Thanksgiving, but this is super important and something that I think is going to take some planning on your part. So I want you to have this information early so that you can start to put some things in place that will keep ADHD from negatively impacting your holiday in a big way. Of course, holidays are hard for our kids with ADHD, right? They just are. There's lots of excitement. There's a lot of overwhelm. They're getting presents. I mean, what kid doesn't lose their mind and go bonkers when they're getting presents, right? And so there's a lot more energy that I think really pushes the emotions to the edge a little bit for our kids. You know, they're they're raw. They're right there. Um exposed where when something happens, it can feel kind of catastrophic, right? It can be explosive. So first, I want to tell you a story about the year that we almost let ADHD ruin our Christmas. My son was, I would guess, about seven years old. And we lived in a different house where all of our bedrooms were upstairs. Downstairs was the living room with the Christmas tree, all the presents. We have always withheld the presents under the tree until during the night after the kids go to sleep so that there isn't just this constant temptation to open them to, right, to shake them and try to figure it out. And then when you can't figure it out and you're super impulsive and you're just a little kid, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to open it. Um, And so we always knew not to push the boundary with temptation, right? So we kept the presents hidden away in a closet until the night before Christmas. So right before the last adult went to bed, we would put the presents down under the tree. So when the kids woke up, there they would be. And I guess we did that a little bit to perpetuate the idea of Santa Claus and um, kind of that magic of waking up to this huge pile of presents. Um, And so this particular year, my husband said to me, I want to sleep on the sofa so that our kid doesn't get down here and open presents before it's time. And I said, no, we have to trust him. We have to give him the opportunity to succeed. We can't always expect him to make a mistake. We can't always expect him to to make the wrong choice. And so I just, I really bucked that. I really said, 
absolutely not. We're sleeping in the same bed on Christmas night. You know, we're going to trust our kids. It's all going to be great, which was pretty naive. Um, But, you know, I really, I was still really attached to that idea of traditional Christmas. What was it like for me as a kid and my sister? And that's what I wanted to still have with my kids. I was still very much in that space of sticking to tradition, not thinking outside of the box and imagining that the holidays could look different with kids who have differences and that that was okay. And my husband was very much the same way at that time. There's absolutely no opening presents without all the grown-ups with you, without giving you permission, without us getting that joy of watching you open it and being really excited and, you know. And so I said, nope, we're going we're gonna to sleep in our room. It's all going to be great. So 4 o'clock in the morning comes, and my daughter is at the bedside, mom, 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 frantic, totally panicked, totally freaking out. She was the 10-ish, 10 or 11, and she was just beside herself. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Um, you know, my mind then goes to emergency, right? And it turns out that her brother was downstairs opening presents at four o'clock in the morning by himself. And so we had just already come to this point where there it went, right? Now it's panic mode for everyone. So I run downstairs and he's already got three presents open and he's already playing with a Lego set that was wrapped under the tree at four o'clock in the morning. The lights are all on. He's, you know, just having the time of his life. And he really, truly didn't see anything wrong. And I'll tell you, we set them up for success with this rule. We told him anything you open before the grown-ups are there and say it's okay to open it, we are going to take away from you. You don't get to keep it. Thinking that that was enough motivation, because here we still were in our very traditional parenting approaches, right? Not realizing yet that we had to completely shift. And so he's down there, not able to overcome the momentum of the excitement, not able to think and stop himself before acting, and he has gone down and opened presents. And now I can say, well, of course he did, right? Looking back 10 years later, of course he went down there and opened presents. He already didn't stay asleep all night. He already was super excited, which was making it even harder to sleep. He has zero impulse control at that point, especially in the middle of the night when he hasn't had his medicine. So of course he went down there and opened presents. It was really a no-brainer. And But what happened next was the real issue. And this was how we almost let it ruin our Christmas. I got angry, right? Of course I did. We had told him specifically, do not do this. And he did it anyway. And I knew that his dad was going to explode. I knew that he was going to be so angry about it happening. And I knew that he was going to blame me because he had wanted to sleep down there and prevent it. And I said, no, we shouldn't do that. 
And of course, that's what happens. There's lots of drama. Dad gets up. He's super upset. At first, he's like, I'm not getting out of this bed until six o'clock. Forget it. You know, this just is what it is. And then, you know, of course, in stewing there, he couldn't go back to sleep. And so he finally got up and an argument ensued, of course, because I had said, no, we're not going to sleep on the sofa and prevent him from opening presents. And in the long term, this is what happened over the next 30 or 45 minutes. My husband and I are fighting. I eventually start to cry. I go into the pantry, close the door, trying not to cry in front of the kids on Christmas Day. And my husband is trying to make breakfast, slamming everything. Um, my daughter is in complete panic mode because she is very uncomfortable with arguing around her, of course. And she is about to completely lose it. She starts crying. And my son is walking around calling himself a loser, saying how much he hates himself. And the whole thing had just spiraled into this uncontrollable, super uncomfortable, completely not beneficial for anyone space. We were all completely upset and devastated, and it was taking over Christmas. We had let it just suck all the joy out of the day. We had let it completely take over the day and ruin it. And Thankfully, at some point, we decided we are not going to let this happen this way. We're just not. We're not going to let his brain difference and his lack of control ruin the holiday. Because what's really the point of a holiday? It's for our kids to have joy and excitement and something special. It's for family togetherness. It's for celebration. It is not just for opening presents when everybody's there and ready to watch. That just isn't the goal. And so our reaction to what happened ended up completely negating all of the goals of family celebration for the holiday. It took all of it away. We were not happy. No one was happy. We were, you know, putting our kids through more pain instead of less pain. It just spiraled into this horrible place. And we could have easily stayed there all day. We were overwhelmed with our emotions as the adults, as adults can be, just as much as kids, we could have wallowed in that place. We could have blamed each other. We could have blamed our son. We could have really just gone off the deep end with it. And we almost did. I mean, let me tell you, when I'm sitting in the pantry on a little footstool with the door closed, bawling my eyes out, it's not a great holiday. It's not a great Christmas day so far. And this is like, 5.30 in the morning, which is even worse because I am not a morning person. I don't get up <laughs> before the sun ever unless forced to. And so, you know, we just recognize that this is not serving anyone. Being upset about this was not serving anyone. And what really was the harm? 
what was the harm? The biggest deal was that he defied our instruction. We didn't control his behavior. So what? We're trying to raise an independent individual, right? So, so what? At the time, I didn't know to say that, and I couldn't say that. My, my perspective, my mindset wasn't there, but now it is. And I look back and I think, good grief, you know, what were we thinking? Obviously, we weren't thinking. We were just overcome with emotion. But, you know, I see so many parents during holidays crying out on forums and Facebook groups and saying things like, you know, my child ruined the family gathering. My child um, and their attention-seeking behavior annoyed everyone in the family. My child this, my child that. And when you really step back and look at those things, that's just common behavior for a kid with ADHD. We know our kids are more excitable, more easily excitable. We know that holidays are full of sugary foods. And for some kids, even some adults, a ton of sugar is going to amp you up. We know that there are sensory sensitivities and these big family gatherings with 20 or 30 or 40 people in one house or one room can be crazy overwhelming for our kids. We know these things to be true. And yet we walk into these meetings, these gatherings, and we expect them to be on their best behavior. We expect them to act neurotypical. We expect that Santa just swapped out their brain during the night, brought them a new brain, and now they're a neurotypical kid, right? I mean, this is truly what we're doing when we expect perfect behavior out of kids during a holiday, during an event that isn't a normal occurrence for them. We have kids who are fearful of something new or being around people they don't know or aren't around very frequently. You know, all of these different things can really impact their behavior, and yet we somehow we somehow decide that they're going to act neurotypical because the family is watching, you know, Aunt Mildred is watching and she will tell you that if your child doesn't behave, you just need to take him outside and give him a spanking, right? That'll fix it. Or, you know, you don't discipline your child enough. And, and we're being judged in these environments too, which puts more pressure on us to transfer to our kids to behave, right? That word behave, I always use air quotes with it because I hate it. <laughs> you know, there's no one way to have appropriate behavior. And so we're kind of categorizing good behavior and bad behavior. And there is no such thing. There's just behavior and where it comes from and what has triggered it. Um, what it's a symptom of, you know? And so when we're not cognizant of these things, then all these big emotions happen and all these explosions happen and our kids are in trouble and everybody's upset and it's ruined our holiday. And so I want to share a few tips with you on how to not 
let these ADHD behaviors that we know are going to happen, we're not going to let them ruin the goals of the holiday, the family togetherness, the joy, the celebration. We don't want to negatively impact that. We don't want to completely take it away. That's the whole goal of having these gatherings, whether it's just, you know, mom, dad, and the kids, or it's, you know, everybody and mom's whole side of the family. Whatever it is, it's still difficult for our kids because it's different. The first thing is to make sure your expectations are appropriate for your child. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Make sure that you are setting your child up for success. So if you're going to grandma's house and there's going to be 20 people and your child is very sensory sensitive, they're very shy around new people, they're very sensitive maybe to all the sugar and really excited because grandma has a big old stack of presents for them under the tree, then you know already that there are a lot of challenges walking in the door. So what can you do to help your child succeed? For one thing, make sure that they are well-fed and have protein before you go to a party because that protein is feeding and fueling their brain and will help to, one, mitigate all the sugar, but also to just have their mind working as effectively as possible. Secondly, if your child takes medication, they need to take their medication during the holiday too. It's like there's a full day of testing at school, but it's different. It's a different school day, so you're not going to give your child medicine for that day because, you know, it's just different than the normal day. That's when they need it most, right? So I would say holidays is when they need it most because your expectations are very similar, but the, the stress and strain on them to meet them is much more intense. Make sure your child has slept. Make sure that they're getting adequate sleep. If that means that Christmas morning at grandma's has to be, you know, 11 a.m. instead of 8 a.m., then request that. You know, ask for what your child needs. Ask for what your family needs. Most of the time, the rest of your family is going to want to honor that. They're going to want to do something good that your child needs. Um, if they don't, then question, should we be going to this function? I know that's hard. I know it's so difficult to say, should we go to family Hanukkah celebration? Should we go to family Christmas celebration? That's super hard to question whether you're going to spend a holiday with your family, but sometimes that's what you have to do for your child and also for yourself. Um, because once the wheels come off, it's no fun for us either. It's stressful. It's emotional. It, you know, it can really affect you for a long time. I mean, this Christmas morning that I talked about earlier was 10 years ago, and I still feel guilty about it. I still feel bad about it. I give myself grace, but I still wish that we had known better at the time. So if you know better than to do certain functions, think about that, honor that um, idea that you have. And 
The other way that you can kind of mitigate in that instance is to either show up late or say, we can only come for one and a half hours. If the family gathering's five hours, but you know your child is going to be in the floor, screaming, crying, full on meltdown by hour four, do not go that long. That's how you set your child up for success. That is how you do it. You tell yourself or ask yourself, what does my child need? Where's the threshold that my child can handle? And then honoring it. You know, so often we know these things, but then we don't honor them. And then the wheels come off. And then you're going to look back with guilt and go, why? Why did I not listen to my gut? Why did I not do what I knew I needed to do for my child and myself and the rest of the family? Um, Another way to not let ADHD ruin your holiday is to block out the wisdom and judgment of other family members or friends. Sometimes we go to gatherings for holidays with friends. Just block it out. Put up a shield. Put on some armor. You cannot let their ignorant opinions of your parenting guide what you do for your child for one thing, but also let them ruin your holiday or your day, your time with your family. Um, It's really easy, again, to get very upset about the fact that our family members don't know how hard it is. Our family members don't understand ADHD. They think that it just takes more parenting, more discipline, or, you know, a good whooping now and then. And we know better. And they don't know your whole story. Even family members, they don't know your whole story. And it's okay. It's You know, they're just working from a place of the amount of knowledge that they have. And usually their intention is to be helpful. It just doesn't come out that way. And it's often not helpful because they just don't get it. But it's okay for other people not to get it. As long as you're doing the best that you know how to do for your child, that's what matters. And so you just have to let it roll off. Um, and, you know, and avoid those people. If you know that Uncle Bill is always super judgmental about the behavior of your child, steer clear of Uncle Bill for the most part in your family get together. Do what you need to do as self preservation and to make the gathering as successful as possible for not just your child, but you too. You know, we are just as important and we struggle almost as much as our kids sometimes as their parent. Honor that. It's okay. It's totally acceptable to honor that. Another thing that you can do to try to mitigate the ADHD symptoms and behavior from ruining your holiday, really consider what your child can and can't handle. Um, Take things that help them through sensory struggles or dysregulation or overwhelm. Um, For my son now as a teenager, his 
iPhone and his headphones go everywhere with us. Music is his calming regulator. That is what he uses, and he uses it constantly to help him focus, to help him calm down, to help him push out some of the negative negative things, to not really overreact sometimes. You know, what are the tools that help your child when they're struggling? Those tools should go with you everywhere, even if it's the 10-pound weighted blanket. You haul that blanket everywhere. Because these are the things that we've taught them to use to help themselves when they're dysregulated, they're overly emotional. So we need to make sure that we're still providing those tools, especially during times where they're going to be more easily triggered or there's going to be more triggering things around them. And, you know, lastly, you really must keep in mind the purpose of the holiday. I can't say that enough. I know I've said it five or six times already in this episode, but you must keep your eye on the purpose, the goal for your family for the holidays. What is that? And how can you make it happen? It's so crucial. And when your kids slip up, it's okay. Perfection doesn't exist. It doesn't exist for you. It doesn't exist for your kids. It doesn't exist for anyone. Perfection is 110% a myth. You are not going to have the Norman Rockwell Christmas dinner with your child. I can't say that you won't, but I can say that it's very likely that there's going to be some little stumble in there somewhere. And truly, when you look at Norman Rockwell's art, he shows all facets of life at that time, not just the happy family moments, like the, I think it's a Christmas or Thanksgiving family dinner that I'm picturing in my head. You know, that's that's like social media. It's just the highlight reel. It's not everything. So don't expect that your whole meal is going to be picture perfect or magazine worthy or, you know, what Ann Landers would talk about in the most well-behaved child that there is. It's okay for things to be different for your family. I would even say it's more fulfilling. It's more rewarding if you let it be. It absolutely can be. Let go of the silly little things like sitting at the table the whole time the family is sitting at the table. Um, You know, not opening the presents before mom and dad come down. That really is a silly little thing. It really was not worth a blow up. It really was not worth ruining a holiday. And I think it was somewhat traumatic, at least for my daughter, probably for my son, too. He probably remembers it well. And again, we're talking about 10 years later. Don't scar your children, right? I mean, I think about it and I think about the times when I didn't know any better and the ways that that impacted um, my kids and, and us as parents and even other family members. We really just need to focus on our child their story, what is true for them today, right now, in this moment, and how can you honor that? Then you will have joy 
during the holidays. Then you will have peaceful, happy family time when you decide that it's okay that it looks different than everyone else's and not even everyone else's. You know, everybody's is different. We all just put on a different face for the world. Um, So I'd love to hear any other tips that you guys have to share with each other on some strategies to kind of mitigate the intense behavior and kind of letting ADHD overrun the holiday. If you go to the show notes at parentingadhdandautism.com slash 074 for episode 74, there um, you can comment and share your strategies with each other. And I will see everyone on the next episode. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit parentingadhdandautism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content.